Welcome in. It is Unleashed, Barry Sports Talk with me. John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. I told you I'd do the live chats when we needed them. We normally do them Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and whenever necessary. And it seems like lately they've been necessary a lot. Thanks for joining us. The YouTube channel, if you if this is your first foray into the YouTube channel, thank you so much for uh, joining me. A couple of things before we uh, get started, and we'll give you an update on what's going on with uh, Brock Purdy. Love to get your thoughts in the chat right there uh, in front of you. If you're watching on the uh, YouTube channel, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure that you subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcast. John Lund Unleashed, various sports talk, search uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We drop them every morning. Uh, we put the live chats on there and everything else. So if you're new to the YouTube channel, again, same thing. John Lund Unleashed. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. And, of course, my day job, KMBR Radio in San Francisco, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. So uh, we talked all about this today, and you can get any of those podcasts. There's a lot of good podcasts today. Mike Sando of The Athletic we talked to today, Dante Whitner, a ton of good stuff at KMBR.com. So make sure that you check out our uh, podcast there as well. So let me give you the latest on Brock Purdy. I'd love, like I said, for you to uh, interact with the show. You can do it via the chat during the uh, live chat right now. Uh, you can also hit comments if you're uh, watching the chat and it's uh, been a while and uh, maybe later tonight, tomorrow, whatever the case may be, and you have any questions, comments, just hit them in the comments section. I always check it out and I make sure to get back to you on the comments section as well. Or at John Lund Radio, you can hit me up, Twitter, Instagram, any of those places, and I make sure that I uh, will either uh, pop those up, the best ones, I'll pop those up during a live chat or during uh, one of the uh, podcasts and YouTube shows. I'll make sure I put it up there as well. So we will get back to you if you interact and you have any questions, comments, thoughts. So let me start here. I'll start with the show today and what we discussed, and then I'll kind of move forward into what we found out later this afternoon, and then we're going to find out more later this week when uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan speak. So for right now, it's all coming through guys like Adam Schefter and Insiders and Twitter Doctors and all this kind of stuff. So I'll take it all with a grain of salt, although Adam Schefter is very, very – accurate um he did say that Tom Brady was going to try last year and Brady didn't and that you know so look there is times he's not 100% right but he's pretty damn close so we're talking during the show today and you know we're still all rankled and a little bit upset and and just to kind of recap the whole thing I'm you know over the fourth down call and over the non-catch and over the Purdy injury and over the Josh Johnson fumble and just the whole thing it's it's kind of surreal watching the game when you you do so much, you know, as a fan and you're so into this thing. And then, you know, we work so hard during the week and, you know, these are going to be the keys to the game and it's going to be this, and it's going to be this, and it's going to be this, and it's going to be this. And then it's none of those things because Brock Purdy gets hurt. And, uh, you know, to me, it's still the fourth down non-challenge when Devontae Smith jumps up and is doing this stuff like he, he didn't catch the ball. And I know Kyle Shanahan said that he, he wanted to see it with his own eyes and that's one of his things. I got to see it with my own eyes. Well, there's not time for that always and you got to rely on other people. I love Kyle Shanahan. I like him as a person. I've interacted with him a lot, and also I love him as a coach, and I'm not advocating anything happen to Kyle Shanahan. I think he's great. I think he should be the 49ers coach for a long, long time, but it doesn't mean you're beyond reproach and you can't make mistakes, and he made a mistake. I mean, flat out made a mistake, and you didn't have to see it. You could see Devontae Smith's situation, and this is what made guys like Bruce Bochy they, so good in championship situations. They never took anything for granted. And if it took a closer in the sixth inning, that's what they did. And sometimes the biggest plays of the game are made in the first quarter, the first play, the third play, the fifth play, in this case, the sixth play when Purdy got hurt, or in this case, 
a place or a time where the Eagle, they should have challenged the Eagles play. He went to the locker room, by the way, with three timeouts. So it wasn't a matter of timeouts. We had Mike Pereira on the show today on KMBR. Go to KMBR.com, listen to that conversation. Um, it, it was tough on Kyle Shannon, but one of the things that I heard him say in the post game where he said, I have to see it with my own eyes. I've been guilty of this early in my life or earlier in my life, which is I'm a, I was a control freak and I was managing uh, radio stations and I, I, I wanted to do everything myself. You have to hire people and trust those people and you have to have a system and you have to be able to rely on people because you're the coach and the offensive coordinator and you do all these different things and your fingerprints are over everything. Kyle, you're awesome, right? Wouldn't want to have any other coach. He's a hell of a coach. I think he should be coach of the year in the NFL. But you've got it. One thing he's got to learn as he gets older is distribute things and hire people you trust with your life and say, was that a catch? Was that not? Now, maybe they didn't have it in time, but what I'm saying is is that as the coach and the offensive coordinator and all these different things that you do, game management is an issue for every coach in the NFL, and you have to have people around you that you can trust, who you can go to quickly and say, was it a catch? Wasn't it? And if you don't know, in the way Devontae Smith got up should have been a telltale sign, then what you do is you call a timeout at the very worst. And they get a better look at it, and then that play gets flipped over and it's fourth down. And I know we're going universe and getting really, really deep here before we get into the Purdy talk. But what happens there is these chain of events never happen. Brock Purdy is not in that position. Simple as that. And he probably never gets hurt because you get the ball right there and maybe you're running it or whatever the case may be. But my point is is that on that exact play, Hassan Reddick is not screaming around the corner because you got the ball, they didn't score, and it's a totally different chain of events in that game. I know that's really deep, but the reality is it wasn't just a fourth down play that would, would have taken a touchdown off the board. It would have changed the entire game. And it's a life lesson. And Kyle Shanahan's a hell of a coach, but he made a critical error in that situation, and it can be fixed. And in the future, and this this is just something I know about Kyle, he loves to have his hands on everything. And he said after the game, he ha- I got to see it. Well, that's, that's sometimes when it's really, really fast and things are moving, you got to have a game manager, and he doesn't have one. You know, he doesn't have a guy that does that. We've asked him the question before, do you have a, a game manager guy that's maybe in your ear? It's him. And he's smart, and he knows, and he's great, and everything else. But the reality is when you're the offensive coordinator, you've got all these different things going on, you've got to have people you trust, and you've got to have a system when it comes to the replay system. And you've got to have a guy for, for game management just to remind you. doesn't mean you're not a great coach. I'm just saying that was a massive error for the 49ers. They win the game? I don't know. And, again, just to reiterate something we said earlier today and all through the show and what I thought last night, and I said this in the post game and I said it in the live chat last night, that's the frustrating part, not knowing. Maybe the Eagles do blow them out 31-7 regardless, but maybe they don't. They probably don't, to be honest, because it's 7-7 midway through the through the uh, second quarter. It's 14-7 before Josh Johnson fumbles with a minute left in the second. At worst, they should have went to the locker room 14-7. Now, do they win in the second half? No, because Josh Johnson couldn't play and Brock Purdy couldn't throw. They don't win, but still, they're there at 14-7 at the half, so I don't think Philly blows them out, but whatever. It's over. It's over. But still, the not knowing is frustrating. I call it the most frustrating loss in 49ers history. Hit me up in the comments section, at John Lund Radio, give me your thoughts. All right, moving ahead to Brock Purdy now. Um, I'm going to flash a couple of things on the board for you as far as Brock Purdy is concerned, and let's just start here. So this afternoon we're doing the show, and right as it ends, Adam Schefter has this bombshell that he drops, which is the following. Let me move this over so I can see this. 
But essentially, Adam Schefter says uh, the following. Let me just pull it up on my screen here. Uh, and says essentially that what we know, which is a torn UCL for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is seeking second medical opinions on whether he needs surgery. Per, uh, per source, 49ers are recommending surgery, but no decisions yet. Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL that will sideline him six months per source. Now, let's get into six months per source. Let me throw a doctor up there. This is one of the Twitter doctors that I follow. So there you go. That's when the news broke. And then this is uh, one of the Twitter doctors that I follow. And you may follow him as well. And he says, in general, that timeline, talking about uh, what what uh, Schefter put up there, lines up with a likely UCL repair, repairing the limit back to the bone, as opposed to full-on reconstruction, completely replacing the ligament, which has a 9- to 12-month recovery. Obviously, we'll wait to hear the details from the team. So the thing about it is, is look, I'm not a doctor. You listen to me every day, probably. Uh, you listen to the chats. You watch the videos. I'm no doctor, but I'm just reading what people say. So... If it's a non-surgical repair, it's six months. If it is a repair, if it's a surgery and it's completely torn, if it's a repair of the ligament back to the bone as a full-on reconstruction, as the doctor says here, then that's uh, six months. If it's a full uh, reconstruction of the whole thing, then you're looking at the nine to 12 months. So there's a couple options. It could be six months. And according to the doctor, there's one, which is a full recovery or a full uh repair, which is nine to 12 months. Okay. So that's, that's that one. Let me take that off the board real quick. So let's discuss that. Now, what does that mean? I mean, you know, you can do uh, math just like I can do math and you can probably do math better than I can do math, which that turns out to be for me six months. Okay. So best case scenario is six months and it's almost February. So let's call it August. I don't know when he would get the surgery, but let's call that August. That's into training camp and that's best case scenario. Okay, we we know with injuries it's not always best case scenario. We also know that that's that's not throwing, that's not rehabbing, that's not being ready to go. That's nothing. We saw that with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. That's just hey, he's ready to go. Now he's going to start throwing all that kind of stuff. The, the season starts in September. He likely would not be ready for the start of the season. What we do as fans and the major mistake that we make is we say, okay, somebody said six months. They might have said six to nine, but we always think to ourselves six because the player says, I'll be back in six months. But what we've seen, especially with young players, and I don't care if we're talking about the Warriors or the 49ers or the Giants, they don't push players. They don't push players anymore. There's, you know, the Warriors rest guys all the time. Uh, the, the 49ers wait on guys. They're very, hey, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait, especially with young players. They're just not going to rush guys back. So everybody assumes, oh, it's simple. February surgery, August he's coming back, no problem. This thing is, you know, this thing is going to be no problem whatsoever. That means August, which you're already into training camp, and then he can probably start throwing and everything else. It might be another month. It might be six more weeks. You point saying all this kind of stuff, and I'm not being a pessimist when I say this. I'm being a realist. He's not going to be ready for the start of the year. So that's where the Brady stuff starts to come in and – we were talking to Mike Sando today on our show on KMBR, and he wrote a piece, and you should check it out, uh, in The Athletic, which is great. And look, I don't have your money. I don't know what's going on with your money, but The Athletic is, and I don't work for The Athletic, The Athletic is more than worth your money. Uh, the local guys do a tremendous job covering all the sports, and Mike Sando has been covering the NFL for a long time, and if you've never read the pick six on The Athletic, I don't get any money for this. It's like Peter King's Monday morning, or it's like Albert Pruitt, what he does, and all that kind of stuff, and Mike Sando does a great job. 
And his piece today is, this is before the UCL injury is even announced. And Mike Sando says, can the 49ers gamble on the eight games that Brock Purdy played? And even before this happened, I thought, no. And the only reason I say it is, and I'm not down on Brock Purdy in the slightest. I think he has a great future. But just like with Trey Lance, this is a Super Bowl-ready contender right now. Right now. So you don't have time for Brock Purdy to, hey, man, stop leaking left, step up in the pocket which could have helped him yesterday, and I hate to say that because, I mean, I, I feel really bad for the kid that he's got the injury, but he's, again, you're leaking left. I get it. I've never been a quarterback, but they're getting they're trying to get him to step up in the pocket. He's not a finished product, and I like Brock Purdy. I really do. But remember, and I said this yesterday on the live, uh, on the live broadcast and on the, on the podcast, the 49ers are a Super Bowl or bust team every single year. I'm not saying this year was a failure. It wasn't. I mean, given the fact that all the quarterbacks and the injuries and everything else, highly successful year. But Jim Harbaugh didn't get a contract extension because he never won a Super Bowl. And Jed York said that. Well, he hadn't won a Super Bowl. We count things in Super Bowls around here. Well, if you count things in Super Bowls, then I don't know if Brock Purdy can win a Super Bowl. I don't. I know he can beat the Seahawks. I know he can beat the Cardinals. I know he can beat the Dolphins. I know he can beat the, you know, there's a number of teams. I know he can beat Washington. I don't know how he's going to play in an NFC Championship game. He played okay in a divisional game. I don't know how I can how he's going to win, play in a Super Bowl. I don't know any of those things. To me, and this is the telltale sign to me, if you if Brock Purdy was completely healthy, completely healthy, where would you rank him among quarterbacks next year? Top ten? No. Top twenty? Likely not. He's probably somewhere in the in the early twenties. There's a hell of a lot of good quarterbacks. Before you go, no, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL. Go look. Go tell me where you'd rank them. Put it in the comments section, and we can talk about it. At John Lund Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up. Where would you rank them? You wouldn't rank them anything before 20, and you'd probably rank them in the 20s at some point. Okay, so let's go into the season next year. Really good defense, lots of weapons, 20-something ranked quarterback. Well, outside of Brock Purdy, who are the quarterbacks in the Final Four this year? Joe Burrow, been to a Super Bowl, number one pick. Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the game. And Jalen Hurts, an ascending player who, if he doesn't get hurt this year, could be talked about amongst the MVPs, Offensive Player of the Year, greatly improved. So you've got three other quarterbacks that are great, which in this group is not like the other. Nothing against Brock Purdy. I'm not ripping Brock Purdy. Great future. But the 49ers are a win-now team. They've been to three of the last four NFC Championship games, and guys aren't getting younger, and contracts aren't getting cheaper. You're going to have to sign Nick Bosa to a long-term contract in the offseason, probably lose Mike McGlinchey. I mean, these you know Jimmy Ward's probably gone, going to be outpriced. My point is, is that you can't keep teams together for a long time. The, the windows for a team outside of a team like the Warriors or the Spurs or the Patriots, the normal window for a professional sports team because of everything, you got to keep guys together and egos and money and all the different things that you have to balance. The window for a team normally is three to five years, max. And you got to win within that time. Are you going to rebuild? Are you going to lose guys? Are guys are going to get hurt? Are guys are going to get old? That's just a fact. Your window is three to five years, normally. Again, there's the Patriots, the Spurs, the Warriors. I mean, they've, you know, but normally speaking, that's your window, man. And you maximize that window the best you can. So what do you do? What do you do next year as your team is getting older to maximize your window? I like Brock Purdy. I do. But he's not going to be ready for the start of the regular season. And I can't just, my whole season is based on an offseason where please be ready to go, Brock Purdy. 
And that's not that's not going to work, man. It's not going to work for Kyle. It's not going to work for the organization. Um, so you've got some you've got some issues here, right? What do you well what are your what are your options at the quarterback position? Pray that Brock Purdy gets ready in six months. But again, that's to rehab the injury. That's not to be ready to play football. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo have to ramp up. Remember, they said it was going to be June for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he was still throwing on the side in July. He couldn't play early in the season. And then look how he looked against Denver. How do you look against Denver? They lost that game. They should have won the game. I think if Trey Lance plays, they win that game. If Brock Purdy plays, they certainly win. But Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't ready to go. I'm not ripping Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo hadn't thrown a ball. And they lost some early season games. Because he wasn't ready to go. He wasn't rehabbed completely. He hadn't thrown enough. Hadn't thrown with guys. So Brock Purdy's not going to throw with anybody all offseason. Not going to attend OTAs. Not going to be ready to go. And so that's what you're banking on. Please be ready by, I don't know, October? Maybe? So that's that's one option. Okay, that's option A. Option B, Trey Lance. He's still still rehabbing an injury. Did Trey Lance show you anything in his short time starting to make you think that with a Super Bowl-ready team, you could plug him in and win? Now, maybe they do the same thing they were going to do last year, which is, okay, we just got to live with our bumps and bruises. That's option B. Trey Lance rehabs his injury. He's the number one quarterback in OTAs. He's better, even though he missed all that time. And option B is Trey Lance for a Super Bowl-ready team. Uh, option C is beg Jimmy Garoppolo to come back. He cannot be franchised. He's rehabbing an injury as well. He cannot be franchised. He can go to a number of different places. Robert Saul and the Jets would probably like to have him. Uh, he could go to Houston and and mentor a quarterback that Houston's probably going to take at number two. Their general manager drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. He could potentially go to Las Vegas if Tom Brady doesn't go there. His uh, former coach, Josh McDaniels, is there. So there, what I'm saying about Jimmy is there are a number of opportunities where Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is going to start uh, a team that gets a young quarterback because Jimmy showed that he can mentor a quarterback. Indianapolis is going to draft a quarterback at four. Uh, there's a number of teams that are going to do that, so maybe Jimmy goes to one of those places. My point is, is I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back to the 49ers because he's going to be healthy, he's going to have suitors, and I don't think he wants to play caddy to any more quarterbacks. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, that's option C. So we went Brock to to uh, Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Those are our options. And then option D would be go outside of the organization. Well, Tom Brady, I mean, this makes a lot of sense. And I'm not just saying this to say this. It just seems like it's in the cards for him to finish here. Uh, financially, the and, I'll, and I'll, let me flash this up on the screen as well. This is what happened with the salary cap today, and this could be relevant to what happens uh, with Brady, you can see that the salary cap has gone up quite a bit. They're going to gain about $16.6 million in the cap next year. So what's Brady going to ask for, right? Isn't that the big number? So the cap goes up a little bit. That helps. Uh, what's Brady going to ask for, right? That's the number one thing. Let's We'll get to the money in just a second. Put a pin in that. But let's talk about Brady in terms of is it a fit. Okay, if if option A, B, and C aren't a fit, and I, and I would even say this if Brock Purdy wasn't injured. You're a Super Bowl caliber team. Tom Brady maybe wants to play one more year. He's always said that he wanted to play with the 49ers. There is a ton of weapons on this team. The only thing really Brady cares about is his legacy, which is winning another Super Bowl. I mean, he's it's it's cost him a lot, it seems to me, his love of football. But he's always had a soft spot for the 49ers to come home and play for the 49ers. What better way, I'm putting myself in his mind, and I don't know this 100%, but what better way to finish your career in a 49ers uniform with a Super Bowl caliber defense 
Super Bowl caliber running game, weapons, et cetera, et cetera. Now they need to improve their offensive line because he can't move much anymore. But one season while Brock Purdy rehabs, Trey Lance we don't know. You could trade him, you could keep him, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out of the building. To me, that is the slam dunk best option. I can't risk my season on Brock Purdy potentially being healthy or not. I can't risk my season on Trey Lance not being ready. He didn't look ready this year, and I don't know how much you can gain from OTAs and practices and everything else. Can you absolutely positively say, you know what, if Brock's not ready, Trey Lance can lead us. I don't know that. You don't want to get off to another bad start. You got off to a three and four start. Hey, we made the playoffs. We won the NFC West. That's great. If the game had been at Levi's Stadium, maybe it's a different story. I don't know if he gets hurt. I don't know. But here's here's a fact. You want the game at home. You've been in three of the last four NFC Championship games. The one you had at home, you won. The two you had on the road, you lost. So home field advantage, fairly important. If you had won those early games, you probably would have had home field advantage. If you didn't start three and four, if you had beaten the Bears in the rain, who have the number one overall pick in the draft that are terrible, if you had beaten the Broncos, but Jimmy Garoppolo hadn't thrown in the entire offseason, so you couldn't beat the Broncos, a terrible football team. Seattle's got their pick, top five pick team because they were so bad. So, look, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Comments, uh, what would you do? I gave you the scenario. A is Brock Purdy, probably not going to be ready and rehab until August at the earliest, and then he's got to get himself ready, hasn't thrown with anybody in the offseason. Uh, you got B, which is Trey Lance. He'll be rehabbed from the injury, but he didn't look like he was ready to go. Last offseason, would you just say, look, Trey's going to do it for the first three or four weeks, then Brock Purdy's going to be the guy? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's going to be out of the building. As I told you, there's going to be a lot of suitors for Jimmy's services and connections to Jimmy. Vegas has Josh McDaniels. Houston has the GM that drafted him. The Jets have Robert Sala. They got a great defense. You add Jimmy Garoppolo to the Jets, that's a playoff team. So he's going to have no shortage of suitors, and I don't know that Jimmy wants to caddy another quarterback or two with the 49ers on a short-term deal. I could be wrong. Jimmy could come back. I highly doubt it. So those are A, B, and C. D is Tom Brady. Uh, E, some people have suggested to me Aaron Rodgers. I don't see it. Brady's a free agent. Rodgers you'd have to trade for, and the Packers aren't giving him away, and the 49ers don't have a first because of Trey Lance, a second, third, or fourth because of Christian McCaffrey. So what are you going to do? You want Javon Kinlaw? I'll trade you that guy. He was horrible against Philadelphia. So you're, you're not going to be able to get Aaron Rodgers because you don't have the uh, ammunition to get Aaron Rodgers. And I don't even know if the team would want Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying Brady's perfect. He didn't look great at the end of the season with Tampa Bay. He changes the dynamic of your locker room. He, it's Tom Brady's team. I mean, that's just how he is. If the lineman, offensive lineman like getting bitched at, uh, I don't know that Trent Williams would love that so much. So, look, I'm not saying Tom Brady's 100%, but if you're trying to win a Super Bowl and Tom Brady wants to play for one more year for the 49ers, now let's get to the financial side of it. The financial side of Tom Brady, I know nothing of it. He's got a ton of money. He's got a ton of endorsements. He has a $327 million deal waiting for him with Fox as the number one analyst when he leaves the game. Does Tom Brady need to make 30 or 40 or $50 million for his ego? He hasn't in years. He gave back money to the Patriots so they could build a better team. He made quote-unquote, oh, let me do my quotes higher. He made quote-unquote uh, about $20, $25 million with the Bucks. That certainly wasn't the highest paid quarterback. He could have made the most money. He is not LeBron James in that he, his ego has to be fed to make the most money. He makes a ton of money off the field. 
He's now got the clothing and apparel and the TV 12 stuff. He's got the Fox deal in his pocket over $300 million. He's doing a ton of stuff. Tom Brady is about winning Super Bowls, period. His legacy and winning so many that nobody else is going to come close to what he's done. That's what it seems like to me. Uh, Now, he's not going to come in for a million dollars. I mean, he's got some ego. He's got a massive ego. But in terms of, you know, what he needs to make, I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out. Could, could, would Tom Brady do it for $10 million? Because if Tom Brady does it for $10 million and Brock Purdy and Trey Lance combined make $10 million, then you've got those three guys at $20 million. And the average NFL team spends more than that on the quarterback position. And you could still re-sign Nick Bosa. I mean, here's the misconception on Nick Bosa, and then I'll get out to the chats. Thanks for joining me, by the way. It's uh, Unleashed, Bay Area Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio. In San Francisco, thanks for joining us on the YouTube channel. Please make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, the podcast, of course, by the same name, just uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite uh, podcasts on there. Here's the misconception of signing guys in the offseason. And I don't want to do everything tonight or even the next few nights in terms of the offseason. There's a ton to talk about. So we'll kind of dole that out uh, as it as it gets going. And what I termed it like on my uh KNBR show today was my parents used to allow me to open one present on Christmas Eve. And so that's what we'll do. All the presents come on Christmas. Christmas Eve, I got one. Well, this is the quarterback situation is kind of Christmas Eve. It's probably the actually the biggest present, and my parents would never let me open the biggest present until Christmas. But let's just call it Christmas Eve one present, okay? And then we'll kind of do the rest of this as it comes in the offseason. But I, I, just, I just believe that Brady would play for less. He might play for $10 million bucks. It's his hometown team. It's his dream. He makes a ton of money anyway. Wins another Super Bowl. I mean, maybe he won't play for that little. Maybe there's a bunch of incentives involved. Maybe the case may be. But in going back to what the cap could look like, look, they got guys to sign. There's no doubt. McGlinchey, they probably move on from. Uh, Jimmy Ward, I love, but they probably move on from. Like, just from saying, from the things he said in his postgame press conference yesterday, uh, what do you do with Emmanuel Mosley? I mean, there's, there's a number of guys. Robbie Gold's probably going back. Maybe he'll kick for somebody else. I don't know, but I don't think Robbie Gold's going to come back. He had said a few years ago he wanted to go back because he's got kids and they're in the Chicago area, so maybe he tries to go back to the Midwest somewhere to be closer to his family. That's what I think likely happens. My bigger point, though, is you got to – and I know what you're thinking to yourself. We've got to sign Bosa to an extension. If Bosa signs a long-term deal, his, his number next year, Nick Bosa, is $17 million. If you sign him to a long-term deal and you – put it over six, seven years like everybody does, that number gets docked down to about $7 million. What's 17 minus 7? Oh, it's 10. There's Tom Brady's money. Now, maybe Tom Brady wants $15 million. Maybe he wants 20 You can still work that in. I would love to say that I came up with this term, but uh, Parag Marathe, who is the whiz, and he is a whiz with the numbers and the cap and everything else, uh, Mike Sando today, said today on our show on KNBR from The Athletic, who wrote the piece on do the – do the 49ers trust Brock Purdy after eight games? And this is before we found out he had a torn UCL and would be out a minimum of six months. He said that uh, Parag Marathi, if he got uh, thrown into the sea and he was in like a lockbox and the combination was the salary cap, he'd be out of there so fast he wouldn't even get wet. He's the best in the business. So he could figure it out. And we know this, speaking of wet, the salary cap is fluid. It's, it's a joke and you can get around it, and there are all sorts of loopholes, and it's just kind of there, but it not isn't really there, if you know what I mean. So the 49ers could get around it. I don't think it's a financial obstacle. I do think it's an obstacle where the 49ers sit here 
And this, again, this was before the UCL. This was before the torn UCL. I was saying, hey, you got to look at Brady. Brady for one year, and then Brock Purdy can rehab at his leisure. He can be the backup quarterback. He can be ready in October, whatever the case may be. Best case. I don't know what you do with Trey Lance then. Do you trade Trey Lance and try to get something back? Problem is, Trey is probably 50 cents on the dollar. So Trey makes about $9 bucks. I, I don't know, because you start getting to the number where you've got to pick up a 50-year option on Trey Lance, right? Well, Trey Lance now is going to his third year next year, and he still wouldn't have played, and now he's going into his fourth year, and Brock Purdy's probably still your starter. So does his value increase from year three to year four? Because you're not going to probably pick up the 50-year option on Trey Lance. And it's sunk cost at this point. You're frustrated, but the fact is you have one more first-round pick to give up of Trey Lance. It sucks. But if Brock Purdy's the long-term guy, that's fine. And it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for a quarterback who's a pocket quarterback similar to Tom Brady. And I'm not saying that in, in ability or anything else. I'm saying in style of play. And obviously he's more mobile and can do some things that way. But he is generally a pocket quarterback who needs to learn to step up in the pocket. Would it be terrible to play for a year under Tom Brady? So give me your thoughts. That's what I think. And again, just to reset everything, Torn UCL uh, for Brock Purdy, out a minimum of six months, which could be rehab. So he can do it in three different ways. He could do rehab, which they're saying is about six months. He could do a surgery where they attach it to the bone, not a reconstruction. That could be anywhere from six to nine months. And then he could do a they could do a total reconstruction, which is like a Tommy John kind of a thing that pitchers go through. And then you're looking at probably a year. So I don't know what he's going to do. Everybody is saying six months. I'll reserve judgment. I'm clearly not a doctor, but when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch speak later this week in the wrap-up press conference, which we'll have for you on KMBR, then we'll know. I mean, everybody can speculate, and everybody's saying six months. I'll believe it when I see it. But again, six months means six months until the injury is healed. Six months does not mean he's in football shape, can play, can throw, can do all those things. That's probably seven or eight months. And remember, teams go slow now. The 49ers are not going to rush Brock pretty back. It's not going to happen. So Brady, to me, makes a ton of sense. Give me your thoughts. Hit me up on the chat line, uh, at John Lund Radio on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, and again, if you're watching this, uh, the live broadcast, the live chat after, just hit up in, up in the comments, and I will uh, answer those questions as well. Uh, MF, what's going on, man? Uh, Trent, Kittle, and Debo are all ready to win. I agree with you. Draft Stenson, uh, Stetson Bennett. Uh, by the way, I don't care that Stetson Bennett got a uh, public intoxication, whatever. That was a big deal. Um, you know, maybe Stetson Bennett is the next Brock Purdy. I don't know. I just the sense I get from Stetson Bennett, hey, great job with Georgia. You won two national championships. I don't think he's in the class of Brock Purdy in terms of being an NFL prospect from what I've understood, and I'm a draft nut. I, I dive deep into this stuff. It's really embarrassing. Uh, he's like a seventh-round pick free agent. Maybe he's a fifth or sixth round. But you know what? Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant at 262, so what do I know? Uh, but I don't see him as a top prospect, but nobody saw Brock as a top prospect, and he did pretty well. Uh, Yachty, very true. Uh, in many ways, they lost to the championship game due to their loss to Chicago, Denver, Atlanta. I forgot Atlanta. Um, that's it. I mean, you lose those three games to those three teams. Neither made the playoffs. But Chicago and Denver hurt really badly because Chicago is the worst team in the league. Now, I don't care about rain. You know, you can't make those mistakes. You cannot lose to Chicago in game number one. And Trey didn't play well. I get it. But them's, that's part of the bumps, and that's why if you have to make a decision, okay, let's not go out and get Tom Brady. Let's not, not go out and get a, a big-time veteran. Let's just prey on Brock Purdy and hope Trey Lance can do it. Well, then you're in the same hole. I mean, did Trey Lance learn? Now, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm, a, I'm literally asking the question. 
Did Trey Lance learn a lot standing on the sidelines? No. I mean, I think they were willing to give Trey Lance an opportunity because they drafted him where they drafted him. And he didn't look good in training camp a lot of times. And he didn't look good in practices leading up to a week, to be honest with you. He was inaccurate. Uh, throws that seemed easy, he didn't make. Uh, I don't know that the organization is very high on him, which is why you probably wouldn't trade him because, like I said, he's probably 50 cents on the dollar of that. So, I, you know, did he learn a bunch watching and not doing? That's not normally how it works. But maybe the light could go on and he could be good. I'm, I'm literally asking the question. I'm not being a smartass about it. Um, hey, Johnny, uh, we have to make a run at Brady. We also uh, play at Philly next year during the regular season. 100%. Uh, by the way, uh, loved your tweet. Got a bunch of uh, run on the uh, on the uh, towels that were on the on the airplane. That was very cool. And to hell with the people trying to come back. Ah, what do you think now? Hey, man, you still live in Philly, okay? Uh, that was cool. Um, yeah, I just, like I said, I, I think you have to make a run at Brady. I mean, it, at this point, doesn't it seem just incredibly obvious that, like, the, the football gods, as bad as yesterday was, that they're aligning it to say, look, I'm going to force Tom Brady to end his career with the 49ers. And they're, like, moving all these pieces around so that Brady can be a 49er for the last, you know, like, this guy has had one of the most perfect, if not the, if not the best, most perfect career in the history of the NFL, winning all those things, coming in the way that he did, playing for Belichick, winning the championships, being married to the supermodel, all that kind of stuff. Now I know divorce isn't fun. I'm a, I'm a, a, a product of it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not a great situation, but, I mean, it seems to me that everything is aligning. The guy probably wants to play one more year. He wants to win a Super Bowl. Who's a Super Bowl-ready team in your hometown? Hmm, let me think on that for a minute. He's not going to demand the most money, and even if he were, this Parag Marathi is a genius. He'll he would figure it out. Brady has never made the most money. Brady has never asked for the most money. He wants to win. He's about legacies, about championships, about Super Bowls, about putting another one on his hand. Look, did here's the other side of it, and I haven't heard this yet. And uh, hit me up on the uh, on the chat line. I know that Brady wasn't great at the end of the year. He didn't look great. Uh, the offensive line wasn't great. I'm not making excuses for him, but the one thing I said to Greg today, he looked terrible and his career looked at the end after the Tennessee game when in the playoff game when he played for New England. I'm not going to count out Tom Brady at 46. I do know this. If we were just having a conversation and you could choose, tell me this. Hit me up on the chat line on this. If you could choose one season, okay, which is ne- what next year is, one season of Brady, Purdy, Lance, or Garoppolo, one season, with a Super Bowl-ready team, which the 49ers are. I'll give you all four of them healthy. What do you choose? To win for one season right now. You choose Brady. At least I do. You could choose Purdy. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just asking. You would choose Brady. And if Brady would come in for a decent amount of money, that's what you would do for a year. And then Brock Purdy can rehab however he rehabs, and we'll find out later this week what the choice is going to be and what the timeline is potentially on a return. But, again, I'll, I'll go back to this and keep saying this. Six months is, doesn't mean that he's going to jump on the field in six months. It means that the injury is going to be healed, and then he's got to start the process of being an NFL quarterback again. And I like Brock Purdy. I'm not down on Brock Purdy, but he still has things to work on. He's got to be able to step up in the pocket. There's a ton of things he's got to do. He's really good. He beat a lot of good teams. But I said this at the beginning of the chat tonight. I don't know if he can win a championship. 
And for a team that's in a championship window, which, like I said before, championship windows, generally speaking, outside of New England and San Antonio and the Warriors, are about three to five years. And then it starts splintering. Guys making money, guys in egos, coaches, you know, message getting tired. I mean, that's just, that's a fact. Three to five years are, are windows. And the 49ers have been to three of the last four NFC championship games. Not saying they're breaking apart. I mean, Nick Bosa's here to stay. Fred Warner's here to stay. But what we found out after 2019 is what? Can't keep everybody. So Buckner gets traded. I mean, even those little things that just like ding, 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 that you get dinged in the armor a little bit, weaken your team that much more. Javon Kinlaw was horrible yesterday. And that's the guy they got back for Buckner. So it doesn't always work that way. We're going to take Buckner, and we're going to move him, and we're going to pay Armstead, and we're going to get a pick, and we're going to put uh, another guy right in there, and he's going to be Buckner, and we're off and we're going. Nope. <laughs> Didn't work that way. I'm not re- ripping the 49ers for that decision. That's what they had to do to keep the team together, to, to sign certain guys. But you're not always going to be at your at your strongest. Jimmy Ward leaves the organization. Mike McGlinchey's a free agent, leaves the organization. You know, you're not going to always be as strong. So you've got to take – my point in saying all that is you've got to take advantage – of the situation when it when it is in front of you. And the 49ers had a really great chance, and it's unfortunate what happened yesterday, and you, feel un, you do feel unfulfilled because you didn't get really a chance to see the end of the movie. The end of the movie sucked. I've been sitting there for hours. It's like watching a series on Netflix, and then the end, it's like, why did it end like that? I'm not, you're not fulfilled at the end of it. And it's unfortunate because if the, if the Eagles had beaten them 31-7 just straight up, you're like, we weren't good enough. But you don't know. And now you go into next year and you think to yourself, all right, how do we maximize our potential to, to possibly win another Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl? Not, it's been so long, I don't, I don't want to say another Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl. I think, it's, I think it's Brady. I don't think you can hold your breath on Brock Purdy. I don't think that Lance is good enough, and I don't think he got better standing on the sidelines. And Jimmy Garoppolo's not coming back. I just can't see it. And I know he did last year, and it's a possibility like this. But there's too, many open, there's too many open situations. You cannot franchise tag Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I just I don't see him being a caddy. Because he's, he's looking at the situation going, I'm not the long-term starter here. I, he has opportunities with Las Vegas, with Houston, with, you know, there's, there's a number of different places. With, with the Jets, I mean, I, just, I think there's a number of opportunities where he could get a longer-term, more secure situation. And I just don't think he'll come back. So give me your thoughts. Torn UCL is what it is for Brock Purdy. Uh, What else we got? Ron, good to have you. Uh, Brady to the Pats. I don't think Brady's going to the Pats. Look, I could be 100% wrong. What do I know? Um, Bilicek and Brady don't seem to be on the best of terms. Uh, Mac Jones is there. I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy, but I I think they're still going to try to develop Mac Jones. Bailey Zappi, I don't know if he's any good. But they got a couple of guys there. I don't see Brady going back to the Patriots. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. He'd go anywhere. He, I don't know anything about Brady. Uh, 49ers will, Johnny, the 49ers will sell a ton of Brady jerseys. That's a great point. I mean, if the marketing department has anything to do with it, and if the NFL has anything to do with it from a revenue standpoint, you know how many Brady jerseys they'd sell? My God, man. It'd be, it'd be scary. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Haruku. That's good, man. Uh, Brady garbage unless he takes Josh Johnson's money. He was old. He had wide receivers. Fair point. Uh, he couldn't. I don't know why. And you, fair point. And I like. By the way, if you're new to the podcast, you're new to the YouTube channel. I love differing opinions. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just sitting here riffing. 
So if you don't agree with me, that's totally cool, man. I'm not like a lot of America right now where it's like, your opinion is trash. You don't agree? I'm the smartest man alive. I'm just riffing. So I like that you disagree. That's fine. Uh, you bring up a good point. I don't know why Brady and Mike Evans couldn't get on the same page. I don't know why Brady and uh, in the, the rest of that group, he did have some good wide receivers, really similar to the guys that he won a Super Bowl with. Uh, I have no idea why they couldn't get on the same page. You didn't have Gronk. Kate Otten was a, a rookie tight end from Washington. Um, the one thing I do know, he couldn't run the ball, and that's not on Brady. If you're a one-dimensional offense, <laughs> you're going to put a 45-, 46-year-old guy with little movement skills back there, and you know that he's got to throw 50 times a game. And I don't – you can be – I don't care if you're Mahomes. You throw it 50, 55 times a game without a running game. You see what Kansas City went out and did? Uh, did? They've got a stable of three running backs with Patrick Mahomes. Why do you think they did that? Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. Throw it on every play. No, they have three great running backs because they want to have, an, they want to have close to a 50-50 mix. Go back and look what, uh, what Tampa Bay did in their run-pass mix. They had no running game. It's not an excuse for Brady. Still should have done better. I agree with you 100%. But I'm going to be the last guy to count Brady out because I've, I counted him out a number of times. And after the Tennessee game when he was playing with the Patriots, I was like, this guy's done. He wasn't. And if you give him this weapons, these weapons, and you got to upgrade that right tackle position a little bit because he doesn't move a ton. But I'll tell you this, if he's given time in a pocket, he hits the throws. But point well taken. You see, how did that – and again uh, – Haruku, same thing. How do they protect the statute? Uh, left tackle, you're fine. Uh, left guard, you're fine. Uh, Banks was good for the most part. Uh, I was surprised by Jake Brendel. I'll give him that. I, I didn't think he was any good. Uh, Spencer Burford, I think, has got to be better. And then at right tackle, that's going to be a problem. There's no question. That's a problem for anybody, though. I don't, I don't care if it's Trey Lance. It's going to be a problem because the right tackle, if we're a right-handed quarterback, that means that your quarterback, and we said this a million times, it seems, on the podcast – on the uh, YouTube show and on these live chats, if you have a right-handed quarterback and Mike McGlinchey, your right tackle, isn't blocking well, great against the run, not against the pass, not as much against the pass, what's happening is your right-handed quarterback is leaking out left. That happened to Brock Purdy rather than stepping up. Trey Lance, who could try to run away from it. That means your right-handed quarterback is moving left and turning his entire body to throw the football. You don't want that. Point is taken. I'll tell you this, though. Go back and look. At the quickest releases in the league this year, a quick, a quick time, and I mean from the time the ball is snapped to the quarterback releasing the ball. Brady was first, around two point three. Without even looking at it, I'll tell you, Brady was first around two point three. You got to get rid of the ball. Where was Brock Purdy? Almost to three seconds. Where's Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo's in that two point three four, two point three five, right in that range. Jimmy gets rid of it. Tom Brady gets rid of it. Go back and watch. Tom Brady's games. Why doesn't he get hit? Tampa Bay doesn't have a good offensive line. Not great. Their left tackle especially stinks. I think he had the most penalties in the league over the last two or three years. Donovan Smith. Brady gets rid of the ball. It was frustrating to play against the Patriots. You could have all the pass rush you wanted. Brady got rid of the ball. Doesn't get hit. Again, I'm not saying he, he I'm not saying that he can get away from the rush, but there's a lot of different ways for a quarterback to avoid sacks. And that's what he did. Marino did it. Peyton Manning did it. These guys couldn't move. What did they do? They know the offense. They get rid of the ball. They know where outlets are. I mean, again, I, this is my opinion, and I could be wrong. I don't, you know, I, I said this before the UCL injury for Brock Purdy. If, if it was Purdy, Lance, or Brady for one year, which next year would be for a Super Bowl caliber team like this, I'd choose Brady. 
And I don't think that's like an outrageous, oh, did you hear what he said? That's not an outrageous statement. I think most people would say that, but I could be wrong. Hey, Nick J., uh, I could see San Francisco drafting a quarterback mid-round. Uh, someone's going to overpay for McGlinchey. Got to let him go. I, I, I don't think they can afford McGlinchey, and I like McGlinchey. He was on our show a ton of times. He's a very cool guy, very nice guy. Awesome. You don't care about that. You care about the right tackle. Uh, I don't think they can afford him. Uh, would they like to have him back? He's a hell of a run blocker. Uh, needs to get better in the pass game, but I, the amount of money that he will probably command on the open market from teams that are uh, offensive line desperate, and this is why you don't want to get too deep into free agency because people who make it out to free agency 75 to 80% of the time are, are pretty flawed. And what happens is, is that you overpay for them and then you're surprised when they don't do better. So I think McGlinchey is going to get a lot of money and I think he's going to price himself out. Does that mean Daniel Brunskill? Does that mean Colton McKivitz? Does that mean going outside of the organization? One of those three things are going to happen. Uh, does that mean that they're better? I don't know. But your point is taken. Uh, it, they've, they've got to try to upgrade at the right tackle position, especially if it's Brady. But remember, if I, I, I would tell you this. If it's between Brady and Purdy, and Purdy can move a lot better than Brady, Brady's going to get sacked less than Purdy. Purdy holds on to it a long time. Purdy leaks out. Uh, Brady gets rid of the ball. Boom, boom, boom. He's the fastest in the league. Uh, oh, as far as drafting a quarterback, the problem with that, again, is, okay, they, they got the third rounders. Uh, they do have the third round picks, but again, they lost their first, second, third, fourth, Lance, and the th- and second, third, and fourth from McCaffrey. So they're not going to have a ton of picks. And they, I'll tell you the number one thing they got to do, and I told you I wouldn't get off into an offseason rant. Just can I do one more? Just one more position? Okay, I think you said yes. Um, <laughs> they, need a, they need a rusher opposite Bosa. I mean, we saw that yesterday. Uh, Philly had a ton of guys coming from all sorts of directions when the 49ers Went to the Super Bowl in 2019. They had the best defensive line in the NFL. Uh, Philadelphia has the best defensive line in the NFL now. They had four players over 10 sacks, and we saw why. I still think the 49ers had a great chance to win that football game if Brock Purdy remained healthy. But the fact is, is that Hassan Raddick knocked him out, and that's a skill. And he's got to get you got to give him credit for that, although you don't want to, you do. And the defensive line, and Tom and Sue in the middle, knocked out Josh Johnson. They, they were eight or nine deep on the defensive line. And I'm not saying that the 49ers can get to that level, but they need what D. Ford was supposed to be when he signed. They need a rusher opposite Bosa. No sacks in the playoffs for Bosa. Didn't really get to the clo- close to the quarterback in the last two. And, it was, and I'm not going to say it was easy, but, the, but the, the Cowboys and the Eagles just said, this is the only guy we're worried about. We're not worried about Ebocom with five and a half sacks. We're not worried about, you know, Manahue flashing here and there. We're not worried about... You know, Kevin Givens, we're not like who's coming in. Kerry Hyder didn't do what he did a couple of years ago with this team. They didn't have a legitimate threat opposite Nick Bosa, and you got to have that. You got to have two guys. You got to have guys coming from both sides, and you got to have pressure like Armstead gives up the middle, and then where the hell does the quarterback go? You got to have that. So I told you I wouldn't get off on a tangent, <laughs> and then I did. All right, give me your thoughts on it. Uh, let's see. Keep them coming. And again, I'll just reset this whole thing. Thanks for joining us. It is uh, John Lund, Unleashed, Barry Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. If you're new to the YouTube channel, welcome. Uh, we do live chats whenever necessary, and I think after Brock Purdy has a UCL injury that could knock him out anywhere from 6 to 12 months, I think that is a reason why. We do them Wednesdays at 7 o'clock always, so tomorrow is Wednesday. Or excuse me, today's Monday. My Lord. 
so we'll do on Wednesday at seven o'clock. We will, uh, and then we may do them, you know, this whole week long because we're we're talking so much about the 49ers and what they could do. Uh, we may have one the day that um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan speak. I have not heard on that, unless while I've been on the live chat, uh, somebody has tweeted that out, but I have not heard uh, when they're going to speak. They will definitely speak this week, so we will get confirmation of how long Brock Purdy is out. Uh, it is a UCL injury. Uh, it is to- it is said to be a complete tear. So does that mean rehab? Does that mean uh, attaching it back to the bone? Or does that mean like a Tommy John thing where you do complete reconstruction? So that is anywhere from 6 to 12 months. Those are the three things that are on the table. Uh, the 49ers uh, apparently have suggested surgery or recommended surgery, I should say, to Brock Purdy in his camp. Brock Purdy, which is smart, is seeking uh, a second opinion. And look, he's got plenty of time now, so there's no rush on this thing. Um, except for the fact that they're saying at the minimum it's a six-month injury to rehab. And again, I'll say it again, we do this as fans. We underestimate. We always think it's going to be six months. And that's just to to do the injury, and then you've got to get ready into football shape, get the arm ready, throw, and he's going to miss the entire offseason in the OTAs. And it would be great if he could learn more about the offense and learn more and work more with the receivers because he just didn't get a chance. He didn't get a ton of practice time with the guys until he became the starter. So obviously it would have been really important for Brock Purdy to throw. And as we know as fans, last offseason with Jimmy Garoppolo, it kind of is important to throw in the offseason. Can't just jump in there. They lost the Denver game specifically because Jimmy wasn't ready. And I don't blame Jimmy for it because Jimmy had an injury and was rehabbing it. It was unrealistic to think he was going to go into Denver and and be great. I mean, should they have beat him and would they lose 11-10? I mean, could you do better than 10 points? Yeah, you, you should have. Denver had a good defense, and, and Russ was the other side of it. But he hadn't thrown. He wasn't ready. And that's what could possibly happen with Brock, and with Brock Purdy. And that's assuming you're going to sit the entire offseason and roll the dice that he's going to be ready to go. And I just don't see a Super Bowl team doing that. If you're Indianapolis, if you're you know, if you're know a, a lesser team and your expectations aren't the Super Bowl, even if you're an 8-8 eight and eight style team and you got a Brock Purdy and you go, you know what, we'll just, we're going to roll the dice on that We'll get a veteran back quarterback. We'll get Jacoby Brissett, or, you know, I'm just throwing out a name. We'll get a veteran, and he'll just play a few games, and then we'll go with Brock, and it'll be fine. We found out this year you can't afford to do that because you'll lose to the Bears or you'll lose to the Broncos, and you'll lose home field advantage. Can't do that. You can't just go, ah, let's just roll the dice. You can't have that. That can't be plan A. It just can't. So give me your thoughts on that as well. All right, and again, uh, Tom Brady is going to be talked about. Uh, some people are asking me about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be an option for the 49ers in the offseason. I know that he's a um, Northern California native as well, and he was a 49ers fan growing up, and that's all well-documented. You know, I don't need to go back over that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is under contract. He's going to be traded. It's going to cost a team a lot of money. Uh, he's not going to take a discount. He never has taken a discount. Discount double-check guy, ironically enough, he's not taking a discount. And Tom Brady's going to be a free agent. So those are massively different situations and I don't see I don't see any way that Aaron Rodgers becomes a 49er now could I be wrong in that absolutely I could but that's just what I've that's just I'm, I'm just looking at the situation going nah that's that's not a situation that I think they're going to uh, take a look at and then again just to recap the game itself uh, the word I would use is unfulfilled um, I think the season was a success I think that that game left a really empty feeling in your in your stomach um, I'm trying to think, I mean, because the best in, the best comparison analogy I've come up with so far is like watching a, you know, binging on a on a Netflix series of shows, and then at the end, 
the ending is so bad. Like, what happened? What what, what happens now? Like, and, that, and that's the end of the show, and you're unfulfilled. But even that's not good enough. You know, I've been shows and not liked the ending. I've watched movies and not liked the ending. And you're pissed for a minute or you're confused or you're like, oh, that sucked. But it's not, it isn't the same because you invest year in and year out and tons of time. And in, like, Johnny's case, for example, you know, you're going to Philly and you're going to games and you're investing your Sunday and your wife, girlfriend, significant others. Like, well, can't we go outside? No, it's Sunday. Are you, are you insane? I have to watch the game. Like, it's just you're a fan and you've been a fan for years. And you get close and you think you're a Super Bowl team. And they've won 12 in a row, and now it's Philly, and we've been talking about it all week, and I'm sitting there telling you this is what's going to happen, and these are the keys to the game, and this is what – you go all over those things. And as far as I know, nobody said, what if Brock Purdy gets hurt? What if Josh Johnson leaves the concussion? Who's going to be the third quarterback? Is it going to be Juszczyk? Is it going to be McCaffrey? What if Brock Purdy can't throw and he tears his UCL? I don't recall one person uh, laying out that scenario last week. So we were all wrong because we were all like, it's going to be this, and it's going to be this, and Jalen Hurts, and what if he runs? And, man, those receivers. But the 49ers can do X, Y, and Z, and they're going to run it. <laughs> None of it mattered. And we were doing analysis of the game today, and I was kind of like, this is stupid because we don't know. I mean, the reality is is that if Purdy's healthy, then it's a totally different game, and maybe they beat him, maybe they don't. If Kyle Shanahan – because Devontae Smith got up the way that he does, I, you absolutely have to call a timeout there. So if Kyle does that, then the whole chain of events is different because you get the ball back, Purdy's on the field, that injury never happens. Whoa. Right? I don't want to go deep into universe stuff, but that's the, the, that play never happens. And he probably never gets hurt. And now we have a game. And I was, to be honest with you, I was jealous watching the chiefs Bengals game last night because I was like, now, it was poorly officiated. It was horrible. We had Mike Pereira on, by the way, uh, from Fox today, uh, our good friend and rules analyst. Go back and listen to that on KMBR.com. I mean, even he was like, this is a, this is a horribly officiated game. So, you know, if, if you're Cincinnati, you probably feel a bit hollow today because, you know, but at least your team got to play the game out on the field where the 49ers just didn't. And so I think that there's like a hollow feeling inside that you invested all this time and money and like you do every single year. And that happened. And then same thing for the players. You know, they invested all this time in blood, sweat, and tears, win 12 in a row, juggle all these quarterbacks, and then you don't get a chance to show it at the end. So, I don't know. Is it like being cut from a movie or something? Okay, I'm ready. No, 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 no. You don't need to go on. What? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. No, it's cool. I feel bad for the veteran players. I feel bad for Kyle. I feel bad for the organization. I feel bad for the fans. You know, it's just you don't know. Philly might have been better, but we don't know that for 100%. And then, you know, you get back from all your Philly fans or whatever, your 49er hater fans, ah, it's like, you don't know. So, it's crummy, man. It's terrible. Um, Let's see. um, Any insight on the free agent who might get re-signed and let go? Jimmy Ward out. Uh, Just off the top of my head, and the reason I I didn't bring a free agent list today is because I didn't want to get too deep into free agency because we have an entire offseason to talk about. But... I'm just going on, and I know Jimmy Ward a little bit, and I, I spoke with him in interviews this year uh, a few times. He's an awesome guy. I really like him. Completely underrated. He was a guy that early in his career, I was like, get rid of this guy. It's hurt too much. I was wrong. Um, I think he's a glue part of the team. I think he is uh, – I think he is um, – I'll stop short of saying critical, but, you know, he can play nickel. He can play safety. He's a hard hitter. He's smart. Um, he's even started to generally stay healthy. But I just don't see it. I think that Jimmy Ward does not want to be in the position that the 49ers put him in. Now, I don't think also 
that Deshaun Gibson's going to be re-signed. He's an older player. I don't see that. I mean, I think they'd like to move Jimmy Ward back to free safety because, you know, I, th- I think what they've got to do, and I don't know what Sam, how good Sam Womack's going to be, but that entire secondary may have to be reworked. Think about it. Emmanuel Mosley's coming back from a knee. I could see Emmanuel Mosley rehabbing, and he's. I'm sure they have updates on him now, and that's not the injury it used to be. So I could see that Emmanuel Mosley would get signed to like a one-year make-good deal, and so Mosley and Ward are your corners. Uh, obviously, Talanoa Fungo, who's got to get a little bit better in terms of, you know, the splash plays are great, but giving up the big stuff over the top is not. But he did. He got better in the playoffs in that regard. So Afunga's one of your safeties. Jimmy Ward, I still think, would fit great. But the way he was talking after the game, it just sounded like he was ready to move on. He was a little pissed at the organization for putting him in that position, although by the end of the year, he was a really good nickelback. But not only is Jimmy Ward a really good player and a really smart player and a hard hitter and a tone setter, he's a leader in the locker room. And he doesn't take any grief, and he kind of he's kind of a long cut out of the cloth of what the 49ers are now. Tough. And I like Jimmy Ward, and I hope he stays around, but I just I, I think he's going to price himself out. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, other guys from a free agent standpoint, I mentioned Mike McGlinchey. I just don't think they can afford him. I think there's going to be a team that's more desperate. I think they're going to pay him too much money. That's one of the things, like I said, free agency is flawed because you're getting a flawed player for the most part. I mean, you could have a really good player. and Look, some free agents are just slam dunks, and they're great. The majority of them aren't, and you overpay for a guy who's flawed, and then you find out he's flawed after you pay him. I like McGlinchey, but he's a, he's a great run blocker, and he struggles in the pass game. I just don't think they're going to pay for it. Uh, and then I'll, I'll look at the other list as the, um, as the offseason progresses. If you have a name or something, just leave it under the comments. I can tell you what I think. In terms of that, oh, the one, the one thing, the one guy I will say that's going to be a big loss because he's been so good over the last number of years is Robbie Gold. Uh, Gold, he probably maxes out around 52, 53 yards. I don't think he can go a lot further than that anymore. But he nails everything inside that number. He's never missed a field goal or extra point in the postseason. I'd love to keep him around, but a couple of years ago, Greg Pop and I had him on from training camp, and that was when he kind of had the mini holdout. And he was kind of still, I wouldn't say pissed, but he was kind of like, yeah, you know, I got family in Chicago. I'm in the Midwest. I'd like to be there. I mean, he, he, he got a new contract, but he made no bones about the fact that he was from the Midwest and he wanted to be near his family and he didn't move his family out to the West Coast. And so there's probably one guy that you're going to lose for sure. If there's a team in the Midwest, doesn't have to be the Bears, but I don't know. I mean, Mason Crosby's getting older with the Packers. I don't know what the Bears kicking situation is. I don't, I don't stay up on them as much. But, I mean, is there a team closer to Chicago? Yes, <laughs> that would probably need a kicker like him. So I would imagine that probably Robbie Gold would go somewhere else. But I would think the 49ers would at least try to keep him. Kickers don't cost very much. And Robbie Gold has been awesome. But it might be time for a, for a stronger leg. It might be new, time for some new blood there, possibly. But I, li- I like Robbie Gold. But that's going to be a big loss. Nobody's going to talk about it. But that's going to be a big loss, for sure. We have a whole offseason to do it. Uh, my audio is fading in and out. All right, man. Sorry about that. Uh, I'll try to get that fixed. I don't know what's going on. I'm getting a good signal here. It's saying that I am uh, streaming and broadcasting well, so maybe I'll try to finish up. Uh, Haruku again says, that's my whole beef about Brady. I don't want to sacrifice different players to pay him. Um, oh, good question, Johnny. I'll get to you in just a second. How's my audio? Is my audio working better now? It's sounding good on my end, but let me know. Um, I don't... You bring up a good point. I don't think Brady is going to cost you players. I don't know that these are players that would have that you would have uh, kept before. But again, Nick Bosa is going to do a long-term deal. He's on the books for about seventeen million next year. 
that number will drop. You could drop that number to probably seven in the first year. He's going to make a ton of money, but it's going to be distributed over a six- or a seven-year contract, so you're going to gain money from Nick Bosa. But it's a good point, and I brought this up before as far as the quarterbacks. Next year, Brock Purdy, injured or not, is making seventh-round money. Uh, Trey Lance is making the last number, or excuse me, third, let's see, third year for, for Trey Lance, so the third year of the third overall pick. Combine those two guys are going to make $10 million next year. If Brady would do it for 10 or $15 million, which I don't know that he would, but then at the position you're paying about 20 or $25 million, or what Jimmy Garoppolo made a couple of years ago at the position. And I don't think for Tom Brady that's too much money. And we found out, not that we didn't know how important the position was, but wouldn't you pay that amount of money for Tom Brady, given what we just saw from the quarterback position yesterday? And let, lest I remind you that Tom Brady rarely gets hurt. He got hurt one time in his career when he was in New England. He got a low hit on his knee, and Matt Castle had to come in. But outside of that, Brady, for the most part, has avoided injury. And in fact, let me throw this up on the board for you. How's my audio, by the way? Audio better? Audio better? Once? Twice? Let me throw this on the board for you. This is my friend uh, Carlos Ramirez. I'm glad that you uh, asked. Oh, do I have that? Maybe I don't. I thought I had it. Maybe I don't. Well, Carlos Ramirez basically put out, uh, who does 49ers pre and post game on TV, Carlos put out a, uh, a stat that the, I think it was over the last number of years, whatever it was, that 49ers starting quarterbacks had only played in about 51% of the snaps. One of the reasons why the 49ers decided to move on or try to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo when they traded all those picks to get Trey Lance, and they said this in the press conference, was that not only did they weren't they sure about Jimmy as a player, but more so about Jimmy staying healthy. And Jimmy hasn't stayed healthy. And Brock isn't healthy. And Trey Lance hasn't stayed healthy because he runs. He, he got hurt his rookie year, hurt the thumb, and he, got, and he had a concussion, the goal line at, uh, in Arizona, and then he got hurt last year. So one thing about Brady, too, that is a plus, I'm sure, in the 49ers' eyes is he plays. He plays. And when Kyle Shanahan has a starting quarterback, he's really, really good. When Kyle Shanahan doesn't have his starting quarterback, he's not. I mean, that's how important the position is. And everybody says, you talk about the quarterback too much. No, we don't. Exhibit A yesterday. You don't, You can't. He has the ball in his hands every time the offense plays. So, I don't think you can. I don't think you can have, I don't think you can talk about the quarterback too much. So, all right. Uh, people are saying the uh, audio is fading in and out, so I'll end the live chat there. I think that's a perfect time to go. Uh, continue to stay with us. It is uh, John Lund Unleashed, Barry Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Please subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel. We'll do live chats, polls, all sorts of great stuff. I put out a show every single day. And then we have the podcast as well. You can get your podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify. Please uh, subscribe there as well. Then you can take us on the go. And now we have weird, we have graphics and all sorts of fun stuff on the YouTube channel. But if you want to take the uh, YouTube channel to go, just uh, hit up the podcast, and I'll do all sorts of podcasts as well in addition to the YouTube, cha- uh, the YouTube channel as well. So there you go. It is Unleashed. Barry Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KBR Radio in San Francisco. We'll be back tomorrow with a full show. Hit me up on the show tomorrow on KBR, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Joe Staley, who normally makes the Monday show, couldn't make the Monday show today, so he's going to be back on Monday. He's going to be or excuse me, he's going to be back tomorrow, which is Tuesday, so he'll be on the show tomorrow. And uh, I know he was having a beef with some guys. Like Lawrence Tynes, the kicker of the Giants, was giving him grief, and he's like, you're a kicker. Good comeback. That was a good comeback. So anyway, all right, that'll do it for us. Uh, John Lund Unleashed. 
only on the Locked On Podcast Network.